Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 439 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd here today with the new NPR edition of the show. Todd, how you doing? Pretty good. Have you ever listened to NPR? Uh, I may have back in the day, but I don't remember. Are you aware of This American Life? Does that no. sound like a thing you're aware of? What was it? It was NPR's podcast that did all the true crimey stuff before true crime podcasts became their own genre. Okay. Now, if only there was a podcast that did the true crime of killing, like, sock puppets or stuffed <laughs> animals or something. Wasn't that you... the... Wasn't that, a, wasn't that a movie last with the, the something murders? That's right, the Happy Time Murders. There you go. That's right. I, uh, I did not watch the Oscars, sadly. I know Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won for Best Animated Feature. Yep, that was because I finally got around to watching it, that's why. Right. And I should look up because uh, I tweeted out, I, I hope that Richard E. Grant won uh, Best Supporting Actor uh, for whatever that movie he was in. Right. And uh, it was less for that movie that he was in and more as a posthumous award for his uh, role in Hudson Hawk as the lead villain. Right, of course. I promise we'll get to the show. We always do. I got distracted. You always do. We do have stuff to talk about, comic stuff. No TV, so it's a little sad there. No, he did not win for Best Supporting Actor, sadly. Oh, well. Next time. Next time, yes. Black Panther won for original score and production design and costume design, so that's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So comics represented there and comics represented here. What, what? Uh, we do have a follow-up. To a long-standing story uh, here covered on the show and kind of maybe uh, some closure to Todd's conspiracy theories in regards to what's going on at DC regarding those Walmart exclusives. But if there wasn't a new wrinkle uh, to be added on top of that, it's what the next ch- the next thing that DC is going to be doing to expand their worldwide brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have conventions and digital sales. We have what we read from this past week, which includes Guardians of the Galaxy number two, Lone Ranger number five, and Naomi number two. Uh, we also have uh, any information if there was any Todd's art attacks, and that's really about it. Like I said, it's going to be a nice, light and breezy show, and I've cursed us all. Oh, boy. That means I have to try and extend it, so. Yes. I've already attempted to derail myself of my own accord, but I I failed. Now, I do want to start off the news segment here first by saying there was no news for the first time in about six weeks of any delays of Doomsday Clock number nine. So that means it's coming out. Well, we'll know for sure as you're listening to this. Um, It was at last check pushed back to the first week of March which the full diamond list will be out sometime today as you're listening to this of what is going to be released that first week of March. So we'll know for sure if it is coming out and if it is on track. And then again, of course, uh, you know, I think nine was solicited there. 10 was solicited. Well, no, 11 was solicited for May. So are they going to get 10 out in April? Being that this is a book that got moved to being a bi-monthly book? I think they are. Because I think it it's... I think once 9 comes out, we're going to see 10 faster than 2 months. Because 
I think what what was holding up nine, like I said last week, maybe was getting it cleared because of all this stuff. But he has pages. He's like, hey, here's a glimpse of me, you know, pages from issue ten. And I'm like, if you have pages from issue ten out done, why isn't nine out? It's more comp. It's a more complex book than I've ever worked on before, says Gary Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we're gonna get ten fairly soon after nine. We shall see. As long as it comes out after uh, November, we're good. I think I'm. I'm. I think this this changes my hopes. I think I'm good. I right. think I'm back in the front running. Looking mm-hmm. looking look one hand for Doomsday Clock number nine and uh, spit in the other one and see which one fills up first. <laughs> And I said spit, everybody. You did say spit. It's the clean show. So, one of the things that we've discussed at length on the show is those DC Walmart exclusive books. Um, you know, the new back, you know, the, uh, the new exclusive material that was going to be included in them. Them expanding the line from four books to six books. Um, them asking allegedly for more in, you know, more new material to be put into those. And this has been met with a variety of feelings from industry people, readers themselves, tons and tons of people. Well, this past weekend at one of the comics pro events, it came out that in addition to DC cutting 10 to 15% of their main line, they are also canceling, quote-unquote, the Walmart exclusive of the 100-page Giants. Now, what that means is, that doesn't mean that they're going to stop, it just means that they're not going to be Walmart exclusives. It means that they're going to be put in more and more places, from Target to putting them actually into comic book stores, finally getting around to reprinting the original material that was in the previous ones, uh, so obviously this was a success. The fact that they're rolling out, rolling it out in more and more locations. Right. Um, I, I'm I'm a, I'm torn of this. I like the fact that uh, comic shops are going to be getting them. Yes. I, that was one of my my problems with it. But I'm still not a fan of a hundred page. If they double the content of new content, which will go from twelve pages to twenty four, apparently. Then it goes to, you know, you have, and you have extra reprint stories in the back. $4.99, I'm paying $4.99 for a new story still, but I'm still getting reprint. Um, I don't know, like that, that's the part that, that bothers me. I do just want to, right, I do just want to interject here. And again, obviously we don't know for sure, 100%, we weren't there, but they said that the new material count is going up to 48 pages. Oh, okay. Right. So and, that's a little different, okay. Right. Uh, and then it says that the longer arc's going to be reprinted as graphic novels in comic stores and other places later this year. The shorter stories will be reprinted in newer 100-page things. Like, I guess if it's enough to fill out, like, what would be five to six issues of a graphic novel, that'll be there. If it's smaller well, stuff, they're just going to reprint it in a different thing. Now, obviously, the other thing is going to be cataloging what is showing up where. Like, what do you mean? Okay, so as they say, um, you know, obviously the Batman stuff, the Superman stuff, the Wonder Woman stuff, your big name create, you know, the big name character stuff, those are going to get their own specific graphic novels, right? You got big name characters, you got big name creators, those are going to be printed somewhere else. But the fact that they said that the stuff that's smaller, that's not going to be able to fit what technically would be like a 128-page graphic novel, or even, you know, whatever a graphic novel would be, whether it be 64 pages... You know, whatever I'm saying is, and they, and they're going to put that smaller story in a new to be released hundred page special. Will we know in advance in this upcoming hundred page special, the stories that were collected in these five previous 100 page specials are going to be in this new 100 page special. You, You get what I mean? I think you're a little confused on what they're, what they're saying from what I gathered or what I read was that we are going to get, okay, because the, the Tom King story, the, uh, Bendis story, Bendis story, those are 
12 issue stories at 12 pages a piece. So that's, so that's really like six full comics. So that's a trade paperback. Right. What they're talking about those stories is those books started early. Like Tom did before the, the, the Tom King Superman story started, there was a Palmiati two part story, which was 24 pages in Superman. Um, Batman had another two part story. So that was, 24 pages. The Justice League one and what was the third book? Teen Titans had 24 pages. So all those are just going to go in one 100 page giant comic. Okay, because right, because what I'm, you know, it, what it, I, I read what it says in, in the press release thing that just says shorter stories will be reprinted in some upcoming 100 page specials. Right, which I think they just mean the newest because I, I think after this everything's going to be. Uh, six to like whatever the storyline, it'll fit a trade paperback. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't see them doing short stories in these. I see them doing enough to get eventually a, a whole trade. Right, right. So, but again, I'm glad this was a success, and I'm glad they're branching it out to more and more places, and I'm glad that they're finally giving some sort of clarity as to when these will be available for direct market, you know, brick and mortar stores, sort of things. Right. Now, I ask you then this, Todd. Where does this fit in with our conspiracy and everything that we had discussed last week? I look at it as it... Now, I want to see if Walmart still gets the comics. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because mm-hmm. they're saying they're ending the exclusivity of, with them, and it's going everywhere. But I don't hear them saying they're still going to be in Walmart. If they're not in Walmart anymore, then I think it, my my conspiracy theory holds water that it fell apart, and now to salvage it, there they had to, they it goes everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Right. But if they're still in Walmart, then I'm not. I have to rethink things, and I have to move all the pictures on my wall around and figure out where it where it lines up. This 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 story threw me a curve, so we'll have to see. Right, and for me, at the end of the day, if it's on a diamond order sheet is what it comes down to, because um, mm-hmm. at least then I could be able to track it, I could be able to pinpoint when it's coming out, you know, at the very least in some semblance of a, of a word, you know, as we were talking about this and people were tweeting the story at us over the weekend, of course, knowing that we're following this, I was hearing from more and more people that also have the same situation that I do, and obviously, yes, I know that the Walmart that you go to and you have an in and everything else, they grab them and what have you, but even without that, the Walmart that's closer to you actually puts them out. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them at the Walmart close to me. They just don't come out. Right, and we've talked about that. You right. don't have enough square footage or something. I don't know. Right, and I've and again, I, I heard from a few more people over the weekend that their local Walmart also never has put them out, ever. Right, and the one that I have my in at, right. um, I ended up getting the flash, and I was told by the person's daughter that gets them for me was that uh, th- that there was – I'm glad I did because there was only three flashes in that store – and they, you know, one went to two went to other people, and I got mine. So even if I went up there, I I don't think Walmart is stocking them as heavy. Apparently, you know what I mean? Right. And and the other thing about it is, from again, from what I understand, as we talked before about this the shelf space and whatever it is, a lot of these big box stores will do that. And again, let's just say whether it be the comic books or whether it be um, you know action figures, let's say toys, right? Mm-hmm. Um. A couple of weeks ago when we talked about the Primal Rage, uh, the Primal Age stuff that was at Target, um, you know, I had people sending me pictures of like, here's this end cap display where they've got every figure, they've got lunch boxes, they've got shirts, they've got like this Castle Grayskull looking thing, right? Mm-hmm. And my Target had an end cap display that had one lunch box, one shirt, and two figures. Now granted, maybe it was there and it got wiped out completely before I got a chance to get there. Mm-hmm. That was three weeks ago. I've been at two different targets in the last week. These do not exist anymore. They're just gone. Maybe they have to restock, like you said. I don't know. Right, but where they were are now replaced with other things. Right. It doesn't say more Primal Age stuff coming soon. There's not the empty box where the comics were in. Like, the comics are gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they went to. Like, I would hope that they got sold, and I hope that they're in the hands of 
of happy children who wanted to play with these toys and everything like that. But unfortunately, what happens is when these big box stores get stuff that's supposed to sit in a certain spot on the shelf, and if the stuff that's there isn't sold, they'll just never put that stuff out and it'll sit in the back. You would hope, you can hope, and again, it's a roll of the dice. You can ask someone at those big box stores. They're like, hey, you're supposed to have X. Or I see that you have this line of toys. Like you have the primal age toys and you have four of the five figures out. Could you go in the back and check to see if the other one's back there? And they'll go back and check if they know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Four out of five times, they're not going to know what you're talking about. But they'll go check and get a drink of water and come back. Well, no, they'll just be like, I don't know. They'll literally say to you, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, oh, no, see these things right here? Do you have more of them in the back? And they'll say, I don't know. (laughs) And that's it. Right. Um, But I've heard, like I said, other stories of people asking about the comic books, asking about toys, specific toys, and there's ways that you could track these things online, but I don't want to get into that too, too, too much. Um, but you can go there and say like, Hey, I know you guys got a shipment of X in today. I don't see them out. Could you go in the back and see if they came in on the truck today? Mm-hmm. And they'll go if they know what you're talking about. But four out of five times, they don't know what you're talking about. Like if you went to your local Walmart and said, Hey, do you know where the DC 100 page giants are? I can almost guarantee you they're going to just stare at you blankly and not know what you're talking about. That's funny because as soon as I went up, when I when I went up to get in mine the first time when Ginny Hex first appeared in – before I knew I had an in, um, I went to get the Ginny Hex one because I wanted it, her first appearance. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get all the other Batmans or whatever. So – I went up and the first person I asked, I'm like, oh, I'm looking for, cause I went to the toys, uh, the toy section. I didn't, I had no idea. And I just walked up to somebody. I was like, hey, uh, 100 page, uh, DC comics, like you guys have. And they were like, over there, right? Like, boom, bang, boom. And I was like, oh, nice, cool. All right. Grabbed them and found them exactly where they were. So, though I will say about Walmart, like one of the things as much as, 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 you know, people knock on Walmart for whatever their business practices are. Anytime I've ever needed something, even if it was obscure, it seems like they have a, like a, like, you're, the employees, like, you have to know where everything is. If something new comes in, I swear to God, they have like Walmart classes. Like, this is where it is if somebody asks for you. Cause we don't want to miss one sale. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, so. I'm glad your Walmart has that. Mm hmm. Mayan what? doesn't. Just, but that's because they didn't have the book, so they don't. No, know no, what no. They are. In general, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and I just want to do a, a different update for you that you oh. might like to know, Joe. Okay. You know those Luchador figures, the DC Luchador figures. Yes. And you were like, "Wow, they're expensive per figure." Yes. They're two packs. Oh, okay. That's not that bad then. Right, so for thirty five, I think we said it was. You get the Batman and the Deathstroke, perfect figure. You get the Metallo and the Superman figure. I don't remember what the other ones were, but that's because uh, I was Wonder Woman and Cheetah. Possibly yes, but I was like, oh well, maybe that'll change Joe's feelings about getting the two pack or something like that. But I just found that interesting because we were saying, yeah, that's a lot for one figure. Nope, it's two figures. I feel comfortable purchasing two action figures for thirty five dollars. Right, I would never pay that kind of money for uh, Mexican wrestler DC comic figures. So Un- unless DC decides to cancel them, that would never happen. And we have no cancellations this week. That right. upsets me. One thing. And that, I, well, go ahead. And I found out that the the Swamp Thing Absolute's coming back. We talked so. about that last week. Oh, did we? Yes. Mind dump. <laughs> <laughs> right. We were, we were wondering if it was, um, like, I, yeah, we were wondering if it was a mistake or whatever it was, but it was no a resolicitation. Um, mm-hmm. it was like three different books that got their solicitations canceled that were supposed to be shipping in March. And of the three books, Swamp Thing being the biggest name of the one, got re-solicited like, completely as is to go, come out in October. Now, whether or not it comes out in October is another story. Right. 
Uh, so there's that. And then again, of course, speaking of things that by DC that definitely won't get canceled, uh, the planning stages have begun for DC to open up an immersive restaurant in London's Soho district. Let's go. This sounds like the WWE casino all over again. There was a WWE casino. There was plans for a WWE casino. Uh, Vince, on a whim, purchased an old Debbie Reynolds uh, casino that was going to be demolished. Right. And then just and had all these plans, and there was going to be amusement park rides, and there was going to be themed everything, and then just like Vince, like six months later, changed his mind. It started the XFL for the first time. I think this might have been post-XFL. Oh, that's right. The house always wins. He was hoping. I don't know. This is an idea, but I don't know. I, I don't think that Soho is the place. <laughs> what? To maybe do this? Yes. Don't you want to go, me and you, road trip to the land of Doctor Who? No. Maybe we could take in a con or two while there. No. No? I don't like leaving my house, let alone the country. I'd get you to go. Once I hit the the the, the Powerball, we're going. This is something uh, we talked about on the show over the summer. To do a big thing like this in London... I think whatever money they have earmarked for this, they should use, and I say they, I mean Warner or what have you, to put something a little bit cost-effective and more to their target audience at their Six Flags resorts. Hmm. Since there's DC and Warner stuff at the Six Flags resorts, and I just recently learned this past summer that they do charge these crazy exorbitant prices for things, <laughs> at least if you put a DC-themed restaurant inside of those kind of like a Planet Hollywood Hard Rock Cafe-esque thing inside of your Six Flags that has DC Comics, TV, movie, or otherwise memorabilia, I think you would get more money for your return there than one centralized location in England. Ooh, I think it would work too. Would you like, where would you like to sit, Mr. Roker? I would like to sit next to the framed copy of Sovereign 7, please. Oh, Remember during the, uh, was it the Kingdom Come post, like essentially the, the somewhat sequel done by Mark Wade, where they had the yeah. Planet Krypton restaurant? Yeah, Booster Gold owned it. Right. Why do those not exist already? I would totally eat at a Planet Krypton. Right. All you have to do is go to some developer, throw them that comic, and say, make this. Right. It exists. It's right there. Like we talked a week or so ago about like the movie or the TV show pitches with the comic books. Like, here's a restaurant. Here's the logo. Here's how it's going to run. Here's, you know, a mock-up of the menu. Like, I, it needs to be built tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, just, yes, like, and you have, like, oh, my God. And in there you can have Warrior's Bar. Yeah. Oh, I would, oh, I would go to that. And there's like a Manhunter robot there. And, oh, this would be so cool. Let's do it, Joe. Let's sink all of our, uh, click through money into Planet Krypton. All right. Hopefully we can get to, uh, get near the, uh, Chick fil A. Oh. <laughs> but again, that, I th- is it me or is that a better idea than doing a high end restaurant? Uh, rooted in the DC multiverse. Um, but they're going to have a bar named Pennyworths. Uh, Wouldn't you want to drink at Pennyworths? Nope, I'd rather drink at Warriors. I would actually drink at Warriors, but I would go to Pennyworths. Right. And the Iceberg Lounge? You wouldn't want to go to the Iceberg Lounge? See, you're, you're thinking too big. Start small. I'm with you, but... It's it's in it's in London, so everything there works better than here. So, <sighs> I guess they have Doctor Who. We don't. Well, that doesn't make them good. It makes them better. Yeah. So again, a little bit of a light news segment. So let's move on to some conventions here this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two biggies, I would say, 
would be Comic-Con Revolution in West Palm Beach. Uh, primarily uh, comic-centric, I would say. Nick Bradshaw, Ed Brisson, Donnie Cates, Chris Claremont. Uh, eh, Jake the Snake snuck in there somehow. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Uh, but the big money, I would say, would be you got Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Frank Thierry are going to be there. If you were in the sound of my voice and you're going to that West Palm Beach show, and if they're doing anything, I don't know, kind of follow along where they're going, because typically where they go, a party happens. Yes, it does. Right. Uh, now, there's another convention across the pond, as we were just talking here about the Soho DC Universe uh, restaurant that's opening up. London Comic Con, uh, London Comic Spring, depending on what site you're going to. Uh, you got some comic folks are going to be there, not too, too many, John McRae being the biggest of those. Uh, but this is more of a, uh, you know, media guest sort of thing. George mm-hmm. Lazenby is going to be there. Yep, the best uh, Bond. Mm-hmm. Robert England is going to be there, and I think it's no c- coincidence that Robert England is booked for a convention in England. <gasps> <laughs> and then for you, Todd... This is why you wanted to go over to that DC uh, restaurant that's not open yet. Tom Baker is going to be there. Yes, he is. And if I had a passport mm-hmm. and money in my pocket, I would be on a plane right now. Sylvester McCoy is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And Colin Baker is going to be there as well. That's four, six, and seven right, right there, the, Joe. The fabulous Baker brothers. Right. Joe, he's doing photo ops. Mm-hmm. Tom Baker, and I'm kicking myself that I can't get on him on your private jet and go. Oh my God! Like that's that's the one. That is the one that I would throw lots and lots and lots and lots and maybe lots more of money at to get at Tom Baker. Yeah, I was gonna say I I, I duck duck goad an image of what Colin Baker looks like today and I'm like I've seen six guys like that on the square the other day I'm sure <laughs> no one would no one would bat an eye stop it but Tommy boy yeah especially at like 80 some years old if anybody in the sound of my voice is going to that con let me know I may have I may have you pick me up something mm-hmm. and that is and and for those of you uninitiated unfortunately that is scarf doctor yes the greatest doctor in the history of doctors Yes, no. I just looked up a picture of him now. He's not even wearing the scarf. I think it's like the Lone Ranger. He's not allowed to. Oh, okay. I think he's banned. So he wears, like, you know, a scarf like, like the way the Lone Ranger wore sunglasses. (laughs) He has, like, he has a, like, he has, like, a baggy turtleneck on. Oh, my goodness. A baggy striped turtleneck. That's just his neck skin. Oh, leave him alone! And now he carries, uh, now he carries uh, Sour Patch Kids because he can't legally carry jelly babies anymore. I'm gonna send my wife over there to tell him the harm of gummy candies on your teeth. <laughs> well, the British do have a history of 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 you know dental hygiene. So anyway, um, there were other conventions going on, uh, but this this was a banner week. <laughs> of conventions websites just being the utter pits not working setting off firewalls you know crashing out my you know browsers everything else like that so i tried man you know i i work kind of hard to get this show together to have preparedness but you folks with your uh chintzy websites aren't making it easy on me what but I'll tell you what's not a chintzy website, Todd, and that's soon to be named network.com, uh, because it's essentially just a, a front page for Tumblr, which is soon to be named <laughs> network.tumblr.com, uh, even though Tumblr is typically just pictures. There's also links there, and that would be links to all the shows in our little fancy network of shows, whether it be this show, uh, whether it be uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, and there's a lot covered on that this week. Boy, howdy. <laughs> That's a chunky show right there. I talked I talked to someone who hasn't listened to After Dark since December. I said, I wish I could tell you what we talked about in the last two months of episodes, but I don't know. I take bad notes, and it's in one ear out the other, you know? That's like the descriptions for it on the website are fantastic. <laughs> Todd and Joe said things <laughs> and stuff. Enjoy. Yes. 
Uh, Podvacacy does a much better job on their descriptions of the show. Uh, wrestling on the edge of uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, forever. I feel so bad, I always forget. Wrestling on the edge of forever, uh, which is their wrestling Star Trek mashup show. Uh, that's coming out this week. I got the advanced copy of it. Don't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> Profane Argument, Puzzle Warriors 3. And then if anyone else on these shows show up on any other shows... Of course, those will all be over at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Uh, we do have some digital sales this week, uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of holdovers, as mentioned, from the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Boom sale, uh, the Image Best of sale, the IDW sale, those are all holdovers from the previous couple of weeks. Uh, DC is having a sale, just it's just DC events, you know? Uh, I assume that's everything from Forever Evil going all the way back to Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nightfall's in there, just kind of looking at the list uh, quickly here, Zero Hour. Uh, you can catch up on things like Doomsday Clock and Heroes in Crisis if you want to. Those are those are included in the sale. Uh, you know, very rarely does DC put their newer stuff up at a discounted rate, so, you know, anytime that does pop, definitely check that out. Uh, again, it's uh, events, so I don't see any Dark Knight Returns and or... Uh, Batman Year One, but what's creeping up, and I got no problem with this, what's creeping up to being like the number one and number, you know, those are number one and number two, they're always on sale on the DC side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Creeping up to being number three, it's it's a big gap between two and three, but it's getting there, is uh, Sinestro Core War. Oh, boy. It seems like Sinestro Core War is like in every, like, second sale. Like, it's a week on, week off, week on, week off. Let me know when it has the uh, the Blue Beetle issue. You know? It is missing that one issue. That is true. And that is that a is, glaring oversight. That's the one flaw. Mm-hmm. If there's anyone who works at any of these companies, whether it be Comixology, DC, Marvel, and you want someone who has a crippling case of obsessive-compulsive disorder and want them to correct all of these glaring oversights in your collections... Give me a ring. My number is... No, don't call me. Send me a text. I'm not answering the phone. Uh, But Marvel has some sales going on here as well. They have something that's called a Daredevil Starter Sale, uh, which, you know, has your sampler. It's your sampler pack. You got a little Frank Miller. You got a little Kevin Smith. You got a little Bendis. You got a little uh, Mark Wade, And, uh, you know, they got some single issues, single key issues. Like, uh, it's all mishmashed and out of order. Uh, sadly, the infamous Carl Kessel and, uh, Carrie Nord run on Daredevil not included in this. That would have been a nice touch to include that in there. I would have 100% scooped that up as part of the sale, and I will have my eyes peeled. And then I was like this as I'm looking through the Daredevil sale, like, randomly in this, and I want to know where it fits in. It's like, here's all these Daredevil books, and then here's two issues of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man from the 80s. Well, maybe he appeared in them. Who knows? He obviously, like, I would assume that he obviously does, but it's like Daredevil and Spider-Man team up to take on the Tri-Man's robot. Well, somebody's got to fight the Tri-Man's robot. Right. It looks as though the reason it's included is because it has art by Frank Miller. Oh, well, that'll do it. And I guess that's good enough of a reason to include it in the sale. I don't know. Again, Marvel, DC, Comixology, call me. Uh, they're trying to get, they're trying to horn in on that Frank Miller uh, Batman <laughs> Year One Dark Knight sale. Yes, and then they also have a Captain Marvel and the Avengers sale going on. Uh, obviously, the upcoming Captain Marvel film comes out next weekend. Uh, the film so controversial that it caused Rotten Tomatoes to change their aggregator. Which I'm only mentioning uh, well, passing. I I wouldn't touch that story with a ten foot pole. Well, change is good, Joe. <laughs> uh, but it definitely seems like it's more uh, Avengers and less Captain Marvel herself. It appears to be more so Cap- like Avengers stuff where Captain Marvel was a focus or a part of the team. Uh, looking at this, I recommend uh, the Avengers Initiative by Dan Slott and. Uh, Christos Gage, I think, did some of the co-writing a little bit later on, and this was when there was an Avengers team in every state, and this was the beginning of the infiltration of where the scrolls were popping up. 
underrated story. This kind of led into Avengers Academy, which was also a very good book as well. Underrated in the uh, 2010s of Avengers books. Me and uh, the summer you were just talking about uh, Avengers Initiative the other day about how good it was. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that's included in this sale. So uh, if you want to check out an unheralded, underrated part of more recent Avengers history, I highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, some of those. And no new uh, freebies. It's the same freebies that it was a couple weeks ago. But let me double check before I have to eat my uh, John Cena hat. I'm getting a new hat, by the way, soon. A new John Cena hat? No, it's not John Cena, but it's close. I'm sure I'm sure the people who rib me about this one being a John Cena hat will rib me about that one being a John Cena hat, just because of the similarities. But anyway, let's get into what we're uh what we read this past week. Where would you, Todd, like to begin? I'm gonna start really quick with Lone Ranger number five. Alright. Which is the end of the series. It was originally a ongoing, but apparently I don't know what happened along the way, whether they didn't get enough sales early on or, you know, uh, uh, was it Mark Russell was becoming the big time, you know, name? I don't know, but they changed it to a five issue miniseries drawn by, um, I think it's Bob Q is his name, which I find interesting. But uh, this basically finishes up the story of the Lone Ranger and Tonto against this land baron who was trying to close off the Old West from uh, from for, for ranches and stuff like that and taking over all the land or whatever. Um, it, it was the end. It was a really interesting story. Uh, we didn't touch on to like two through four, so I don't know how well to explain it, but it all wrapped up very nicely where if you read issues one through four, like all this stuff was explained and it made total, like these little things along the way, it was like, well, who ended up stealing the money out of the safe, which ended the Lone Ranger ended up using to, uh, to finance the, the mercenaries that were hired by the bad guy, he's like, well, he doesn't have any money anymore, I'll pay you. There was all these, like, tricks and and swerves that when you read the final issues, they show you how it all happened, and it was completely intriguing. And I'm very sad to see it go, because it seemed like they, he created a new villain for uh, the Lone Ranger, which was this, this like... Uh, fancy, uh, dapper, cannibal gentleman who gets away. So I'm like, oh, I'd like to see more of him. I really enjoyed the story, but without reading two through four, like five, like me explaining five doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you like a Western, you've liked uh, Mark Russell's stuff that he's been writing lately, like Wonder Twins, Red Sonia, we've discussed on the show. Um, I think you'll really like this because this is in the same style, the the fun, you know, more of a modern lingo than, you know, old West talk, but st- still great. I had a blast reading it. Right, and I did read the first issue, it just I kind of fell behind on this, of course, reading other things, and then it snuck up on me that it was going to be cancelled with, well, not cancelled, but changed to a miniseries, of course, uh, but I'm glad that they were able to stick the landing. Now, do they leave it open-ended, that they can kind of come back and revisit things, or... Oh, yeah. Basically, it just leaves it as, like, the the main villain gets taken care of. He could even come back... Um, the side cannibal, like I said, who I really like, he definitely, he's like, oh, see you later. And then it leaves Tonto and the Lone Ranger discussing the state of the Old West and seeing things. And I'm like, okay, that's just, it just leaves it like they're off for their next adventure. And I would, I would totally, if he, if they both came back, um, I would be all over of picking up another, you know, this book again, if they ever decided to pick up where they left off. Right. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I will get around to it, I, I promise. Well, if you do or you don't, that's up to you. But if you, people out there like a good Western, you know you know, I'll never steer you wrong on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the book I was most looking forward to, uh, Gardens of the Galaxy number 2 by Donny Cates, with art by Jeffrey Shaw, the continuation of uh, Star-Lord and Groot being the only two remaining members of the Guardians that we know of getting a ragtag group together in the attempt to find out where Thanos has sent his consciousness to, to become the new Thanos. Everyone assumes it's going to be Gamora, since she's been kind of a heel lately. 
whereas the Black Order, now aligned with Hela, uh, we could talk about that here, it's been a month since the first issue came out, I feel confident saying that, they have Thanos' head. What are their plans for Thanos' head? We don't quite know yet. Uh, but this is more or less, I don't want to say a team building, but more of a team breaking down issue, right. because a lot of the folks we see in the first issue as part of Star-Lord's team, like half of them are gone by the middle of this issue. Right. I'm not really sure how a lot of people are, are if they're actually teammates anymore, will they come back? What's going on? Um, it was intriguing. It was definitely interesting to see the, the route that Donnie Cates is going. Right. And primarily uh, a Donnie Cates creation, if you will, Cosmic Ghost Rider, who is currently uh, Frank Castle from an alternate timeline. Uh, too much, too much to explain here, but definitely go check out that run that kind of introduced him in that Thanos book when he took it over from Jeff Lemire. But, uh, obviously this is everyone trying to find Gamora and this is the Shi'ar getting their group of people together, which now includes Cosmic Ghost Rider and they have their target in sight. And from what I understand Garner from people's reaction online, it's a specific iteration of this character that I guess we haven't seen in a prominent role in some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still like this book. I think they're doing a really good job with this. Um, It, you know, feels like a Donny Cates book. It feels kind of like, I don't want to say tonality, but I have the same feeling reading this as I did when I read those Abnett and Lanning cosmic books way back in the day. Right, and it has the same, obviously it's the same writer, so it has the feel of the Donny Kate Stanos book to me. Right, so, so, you know, like how that era of the cosmic stuff began with a Drax miniseries written by Salty Keith, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Keith Giffen, where it just kind of built and built and spun into there and then it spun into Annihilation and the relaunch of the Guardians of the Galaxy as we know them in the the cinematic universe and Nova and all these other characters Um, you know one would assume at least from the way that this book was originally pushed that this is the beginning of that again for the Mm -hmm. cosmic side of things where those feelers were in that um, the Donny Cates tail end of the Thanos book and of course whatever was going on in and again, I feel bad because I don't remember what the big crossover was that uh, Gamora turned heel in. Infinity Watch? Infinity something. Right. I get confused because I jump ship once they became stones. So Yeah. Uh, but definitely check it out. Um, you know, Donny Cates has been kind of firing on all cylinders. You know, we're not talking about Venom number 11, which I think <laughs> we both read this past week. Right. Uh, just because uh, it seemed to be like, uh, I don't know, I read it, I enjoyed it, I um, I didn't feel as strongly as others about the issue, I'll just say that. Well, you're not shipping the right way, you're not mm. standing, you're not ship stand, stand ship? Right, I would like to put Stan on a ship. <laughs> oh, and, to Malibu? Well, <laughs> as as I jokingly tweeted the other day, I, I learned that Stan Twitter... Uh, is not just a uh, catalog and tracking of all of uh, Stan Malibu's ventures, failed or otherwise. Oh, it's just not pictures of monkey milk and <laughs> glitter jackets. Right. One can only dream. So, the last book that we're going to discuss is Naomi Number 2, written by David Walker and Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Jamal Campbell. Did you read this? No, I did not. Okay. So, uh, really loved the first issue a lot. Uh, great world building stuff as we discussed it here when it came out last month. Uh, where Naomi is this character who lives in a northwestern town that had a Superman incident happen where Superman comes barreling through with Mongol. And so the reveal of this is the reveal for the first issue, again, being that we're doing number twos, we're going to talk about spoilers from issues one that we didn't talk about a month ago, but I feel confident in talking about them now. So, mm-hmm. uh, Naomi's big thing is that why Superman showing up in their sleepy little northwest town isn't getting the normal media coverage that superheroes get when they show up in other places, right? Right. And then she starts digging, 
and she finds out that superheroes showed up in their sleepy little town once before. And it was on the day that she was adopted by her family. Uh Uh-oh. So now there's your mystery. So there's obviously something being covered up here. And there's obviously a direct connection to her because the last time there was superhero activity here, it was the day she was adopted. So now we get to see a little bit more of her family. We get to see a little bit more of her interaction with her friends as they're kind of not buying into it. They're, they're not feeling as strongly as about this as she is. And there's somehow a connection to the guy who lo- runs the local auto body shop. She finds out that he spent time in Iron Heights. Now, that's not just prison. That's supervillain prison. And the groundwork is being laid that he knows what the connection is to that previous incident that happened on the day that she was adopted. Hmm. So we're going to get our mystery doled out to us, but I feel here we are in issue two in a book where I had questioned how much involvement Bendis was going to actually have in this book. It's good. I enjoy it, but it definitely feels as though it has that uh, Bendis pacing where you're going to tell a story that probably could have been told in one issue across six issues. Does it have lots of like spanning word balloons and people talking for two whole pages, like across the top and the bottom? It does. Aha. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I'm saying that kind of in a Kavat Impor buyer beware sort of way. I'm of the same, I haven't read it, obviously. I'm of the same mind where I hear people complain about Bendis books doing that. And I'm like, you know, like, how many times do you have to buy a Bendis book to know what you're going to get? I enjoy when it's done well and the, the dialogue back and forth is intriguing. And yes, it's a bunch of talking heads going back and forth. So the art is not appealing unless you have truly a great artist who knows how to do that that's few and far between but you'll get the bendis dialogue and i'm like well a lot of times i'm riveted by it but if you are not and you are not a bendis guy it's just like let that ship sail as far as i'm concerned because you're not going to get any anything you're i don't see any groundbreaking new stuff from bendis in his writing style so that's what i figured a lot of these books were going to be like well i'll say this he's not pulling that in young justice yet And he hasn't pulled that in the Superman books yet. Right. Well, to be fair for the Young Justice, that's supposed to be for a younger line. So you kind of want to have the art be like, you know, adventure and and fighting and stuff like that. Where Superman, I'm I'm shocked that it hasn't happened yet. But I don't see him doing it in the in the in the younger reader books because what younger readers would be like, oh, Superman, you know, or Nightwing or uh, Red Rock or uh, Robin and Wonder Girl talked. For 16 pages. Well, this is part of the Wonder Comics line. Oh, it is. That's right. So, and again, I'm not saying it in a bad way, but it's been a while since I've seen Bendis do this in a book because I've been reading Superman and he's not doing it there. Is he doing it in any of the other, like, creator-owned stuff that he has? I know you were reading a bunch of different stuff from that. Um, I think it's different there because I think it works in those non-superhero books. Okay. A crime book, and uh, a political book, or something like that. Whereas I feel as though very little of the plot moved along in this issue. But, as you said, it was a Bendis book, so, you know, we're probably not going to get the full reveal until issue six. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And I'm okay with that. But right. it, just, it just felt a little weird, because I was like, oh, I don't even know how involved Bendis is with this book. And I'm like, oh, he's very involved. <laughs> very, 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 very involved. Right. Uh, but yeah, again, don't take this as a, uh, a reason not to check Naomi out. I think it's really good. I think the Wonder Comics have been really strong um, since they've been put out. You know, but you know, if if you get hung up on that sort of Bendis storytelling, this is going to be the issue that you know maybe just read like the first three pages and the last two pages, and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. So you don't get triggered, as they say. Oh. Bang, bang. Uh, so that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. 
If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around three, uh, 5.30 Eastern Time, give or take a couple uh, seconds there, depending on server speed, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned and be forearmed, know what books are coming out so you're prepared, and you're not surprised by Doomsday Clock 9 coming out when you thought it was coming out six months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Todd and I are doing is attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is in the lead with two correct guesses over me, but uh, we're still just barely two months into the calendar year 2019. There's plenty of time for him to slip and plenty of time for me to catch up. It's a marathon, not a sprint, my good man. Right, yeah. and I'm good at both of those. I was going to say, you being a legendary sprinter. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at your list... Uh, not going to give it too much thought. The book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Fantastic Four number seven. Hmm. Galactus versus Doctor Doom. Hmm. Yes, it is the book I'm looking forward to most. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most also Fantastic Four number seven? It is not. Is it Daredevil number two? It is Daredevil number two. Ah, uh, if I did not pick up Daredevil number one and enjoy it immensely, my book this week absolutely would have been Fantastic Four number seven. But I'm intrigued to see what happens next in Daredevil. I thought the first issue was really strong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll pick that one up, too, because I read number one. Mm-hmm. So while you're over at LongboxHeroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we've done. Uh, past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues, and again, of course, our store, which you can purchase <laughs> high-quality <laughs> shirts with our fancy logo on them, high-quality pins with our fancy logo on them, and high-quality stickers with our fancy logo on them at reasonable prices, shipped by hand, by me, possibly with some extra goodies thrown in there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I need to maybe take that limited time off or off. I don't know. We'll see that about that as well. But, I don't know. Maybe in the near future there might be more stuff under that store page. Who knows? I don't know. Stay tuned to this show, but more so after dark for that sort of stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. online. I don't know. But if you don't want our logo stuff, if you don't want to promote the podcast, that's fine. <laughs> There's other ways that you could promote the podcast and support the podcast, and that's by making your purchases through our Amazon click-through link, which is across the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. Of course, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week were someone purchased Wonder Woman by Greg Rucka, number one. Uh, somebody also purchased Nov Makata dustproof masks. And mm. I don't know what this person's up to, but these are funky masks that have like wolf teeth on them or something. They're pretty scary looking. Ah. Uh, we've been getting a lot of toy purchases lately, and I'm all right. I'm I'm down with that. Uh, somebody purchased Star Wars Force Link TIE Fighter with TIE Fighter Pilot, as well as Star Wars Vintage Collection, uh, kind of a uh, replica of Jabba's Tatooine skiff. And uh, if I was a collector and had places to, to display that, that's pretty cool. I, I would get that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, somebody also purchased, I would assume the same person, uh, purchased both the Jubilee and Beast action figures from the Marvel Hasbro Legends line. I know they're from the same series because they both come with a piece of the build figure who is Callie Man. Doesn't he tally me banana? No, he okay. does not. He <laughs> like, lives in the sewer and is a tracker or something. Oh. Uh, somebody also purchased a Studio Series 38 Voyager Class Bumblebee Movie Optimus Prom action figure. Ooh. And I'm proud that people are still... Pr- I'm, I'm happy that the most recent Transformers movie was good. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but... I hope everyone who is a Transformers fan sends some sort of a gift basket or thank you letter to John Cena, whether he'll see it or not. Mm-hmm. Everybody should buy one of his hats. Mm-hmm. Like I did. There you go. And will again. All right. So, Todd, did we have any attacks this week? Yes, we did. All right. Uh, 
Woohoo! Uh, sent in by Jesse DeYoung. Uh, he, here's a playing card sketch in my book. It's a gambit. Uh, I'm guessing that's his sketchbook, actually. I don't know if, cause he doesn't say who drew it or whatever, but it's a very nice gambit holding the Ace of Hearts and the Ace of Clubs. I've won many a poker game with those two cards. I haven't. I'm terrible at poker. Oh, um, but that's a nice little, uh, nice little sketch. That was the only one this week, though. And, uh, yeah, you know, we used to get a lot of submissions of people who themselves were burgeoning artists and would send us their stuff. So if you yourself am a burgeoning artist and would like to see your stuff uh, seen by other folks, you know, just tag Todd's Art Attack in it and we'll uh, share your creations, your purchases, your commissions, whatever it is you have in the world of art uh, with our faithful listenership. That's right, and we sh- with con season starting to start up again, maybe we'll be getting more like you know sketches and commissions and stuff. Absolutely. Now there's no TV this week, but uh, you know just to kind of close things out, we mentioned it briefly at the top of the show. You finally got a chance to see uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Respect where respect is due. The Oscar-winning <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Gotcha. Yes. Um, yes, I went and I finally saw it, uh, went up on Sunday. Uh, did you, did you see the 3D version or just the regular? Movie? No, I only saw the regular version. I don't do, I don't do no 3D. It's too, too, I, too expensive to bring in three people to, you know? I get you, but we were watching it. And there was a couple of interesting things where it seemed like in the, in the regular version that there was like some blur to some stuff mm-hmm. occasionally. I was like, I don't know if that's an effect or because of the 3D stuff, but I thought... I thoroughly enjoyed it. Everybody and every uh, everybody and their mothers like this is the best, best, best. And I was like, okay, just because they said that, it didn't quite meet like the greatest thing ever. Um, and I know they didn't mean that, but it's kind of hard to hit that bar that everybody hits you with when you see it two months later. Right. It was really but, hyped up, I guess. Right. But it was really good. It is the best Spider-Man movie there is out there. Hmm. Uh, Yes, it's to me it beats all the Raimis and the Amazings or whatever. But I will say this: when everything that was going on, when they had the the Stanley cameo, yes, Dusty Onions, Joe. Oh boy, Dusty Onions, because I don't know if. You know, like I, I, and especially like what he says. Like uh, Miles goes in, he's like, "I'll take this, this, this. Can I return it?" And he's like, "You know, in case it doesn't fit." And he's like, "Kid, it always fits eventually." And I'm like, I don't know. There was just something about Stan Lee saying to Miles, the new Spider-Man, who has to get over in the, you know, in in the regular America. Like they don't know who Miles is and everything. And like Stan's giving him the rub, and I'm like. And and to know Stan's gone, and I ended up talking with with Adam about it, and I'm like, what's sadder that we're gonna get all these these in the in the hopper Stan Lee cameos in these movies, and you're gonna be sadder and sadder every time, or is it gonna be sadder when you don't get Stan cameos anymore, and you you know what I mean? Right, like is this the last one? Exactly. I, I made the joke. I'm like, until we start getting hologram Stan, you know what I mean? Like, they just start CGIing them in. But I don't know. There was just something about that. And I thought the movie had everything in, like, it all came back around again. Like, callbacks and, like, how one thing touched another and then it's mentioned again. And it, even though... Uh, I never really liked like a Sinkevich version of the way uh, Kingpin is drawn. It was weird seeing a movie version. I loved it, even though I'm not a fan of the like my head is almost on my chest Kingpin because my shoulders are so big. If I'm explaining it right, but yes. to see it was cool because I was like, it's on the screen. Something from my youth, you know what I mean? Right, is portrayed completely accurately. So I. I, I actually really love the movie. I, all the characters were fun. It might be Nick Cage's greatest role, uh, but it was fun. I'm, sp- I'm guessing you liked it too. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm t- it, it's tough. I'm torn. 
uh, between this and Homecoming being the best Spider-Man movies, but gun to my head, if I had to pick which one I'm going to watch right now, I'm watching Into the Spider-Verse again. Me too, because Homecoming is is really bad and really good at the same time, so it it all evens out as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So, but all right. This, yep. So I think that covers everything. Yeah, I believe that was a whole show. Yeah, nice short under the uh, hour-ish mark. Not looking at the time or nothing, but uh, yeah. I mean, right around an hour, as soon as you use your ringtone maker to edit yep. the show, yep. we're all good. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to episode 439 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boo!